All right, thank you guys for the incredible music this morning and celebration in song. Uh, thank you, Miss Peggy. Uh, you are such a blessing to us, and you keep us informed and reminded about the uh, importance of missions, and we appreciate that so, so very much since... Uh, Brother Mike allowed you guys to be seated. Most of our song service, I'm going to ask you to stand while I preach, but no. No, I'm sorry, I wouldn't do that to you, but uh, thank you guys for the great singing and the great songs. I hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas celebration this season, how great it is to take a time, a season to really give over to thinking about, celebrating, contemplating, reflecting the birth of Jesus Christ and all that he means to us. And so we're on the verge of a new year. Um, and so maybe with that thought, you're thinking, boy, I'm so glad that this 2020 thing is almost behind us now and we're ready to start a new year. You know, some call it a lost year that for whatever reason or an estimation that we've just kind of lost a whole year due to the COVID and the virus and uh, some really, I, I've heard say that they want this year, just don't call it 2021, call it 2020 over again and let's redo it and, and maybe it'll be better this time than it was last. I don't I think we can do that. Uh, but you know, if we really are honest with ourselves, maybe as individuals, we might have to look back and see other periods or other times in our life when we might say, hey, you know. For whatever reason, I kind of lost that year, or I was kind of unengaged, or I really don't know how it passed, or what happened, and maybe there's a danger of some of that being ahead of us as well, if we're not careful. The book of Hebrews talks about neglecting the things of God, and He really says in that particular passage in chapter 2, if we neglect so great a salvation, then really his idea is then what's next? Or what else? So I want to share with you just a little bit this morning, since we are on the verge of a new year, about the kind of life that we want to have or the expectation that we have of what might be ahead. Because we've had our head down for a whole year, sometimes it's hard for us to look up, isn't it? But really, I want to encourage you, maybe this morning, just to, if, if you haven't already, to just force yourself to look up just for a little while. As we do that, you see, that, that forceful looking up is the thing of intention. We choose to do that. I want to suggest to you this morning that life is also that way, that we choose what kind of life that we're going to live. And as believers, and because of the abundance of what we have in Jesus Christ, then we ought to choose to live that life intentionally for Him. That our relationship with Jesus Christ, that, that isn't just a part of our life, but it really is our life. Living for Him. It's just not something that we do at different times, but it's something that we are. And for you and I to realize that and to really embrace it and enjoy it, then we have to choose intensely to do that every single day. It's a waking up to a realization that in Jesus Christ we have a new life. And we ought to go out and live that life. 
Paul says some things about that in Colossians chapter 3. And I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to that particular passage of Scripture, Colossians chapter 3. And in verses 1 through 11, I really think that he enumerates what it means to live intentionally for Jesus Christ. Listen to what he writes. He says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above which Christ, uh, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is, no, uh, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, uh, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. But bow with me and let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we are truly humbled and grateful by your wonderful, amazing gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Father, as we just pause in times and think about the greatness and the vastness and uh, the true blessing of knowing freedom from sin through Christ, it's amazing. Lord, we just pray that this morning that we will truly think about the life that we have to live. And Lord, we pray and ask you to help us with this thing in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as Paul reflects, and maybe as you and I reflect on this new year, I think for every believer who knows Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, there's certainly that deep down desire to want to live in a way that reflects His grace in our life, in a way that shows Him our appreciation and, and our thanksgiving for His gift of salvation. Now, listen, do we always do that? Probably not. Uh, and for the most part, we probably don't even wake up every morning with the idea of today is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. And go out and intentionally with, with purposefully looking at our circumstances and the people around us with opportunities to bring glory to God. But really, isn't that the way we should live? You see, there's some things about living intentionally for the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, if we're going to do that, if you look at verses 1 through 4, we're going to need to understand that we have to find the right direction. Direction is important, isn't it? No matter where our destination is, how we get there is important. Uh, we like to travel today with all kinds of devices going and, and operations so that we can get from point A to point B with the least amount of discomfort and pain. Or with the least amount of distraction or the least amount of delay. 
And so we set out on our journeys that way. You know, I'm a guy, and guys are notoriously bad for never wanting to stop, to pause. We've got to get there, and we've got to get there as soon as possible. We've got to conquer this trip. So, guys, that's how we think. And so, I'll, you know, I'll put on my GPS if I'm somewhere and I'm going home, and I know exactly how to get home because I want to know how fast I'm going. I want to know what the obstacles are. I want to get there. And sometimes that's a little dangerous, I'll be honest, and confess it to you. Uh, but direction's important, and Paul talks about that very thing in our Christian life. If we're going to live intentionally, then we have to take direction into in concern or account. Now, some of the things that he says about it, first of all, when we think about direction, we don't always think about this idea. But if we're doing certain things, uh, he talks about foundation when it comes to direction. If we're building a house... Our foundation really determines the direction that this house is going to take, certainly the design of it. I mean, you, you can only build a certain kind of house with a certain kind of foundation. Or if you have a specific foundation, you're only going to be able to build so much of a house on that. And so it determines the direction that the house is going to take. Now, Paul tells us as believers where our foundation is. Listen to what he says in verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ... There's our foundation, isn't it, for our Christian life. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul poses this proposition. He says, really, the idea is since you are. In other words, not if you are as if it has any doubt, but he says because you are or since you're raised with Christ. And here's what ought to follow. And so he, he lays this idea of foundation in Jesus Christ. He says that since you're raised with Christ... Now, I want you to think about that idea just for a moment. Look at that word raised and think about it in conjunction with Jesus Christ. What were we raised from? The same thing he was raised from, death. The believers raised from death. You and I were dead in our trespasses and sins, the Bible tells us. And if we're honest with each other, we probably knew that anyhow. But our faith in Jesus Christ has raised us from the dead. Now, what happens when we're raised from the dead? We're given life. Life in the Lord Jesus Christ. So being dead, being raised is life. So in life, we have, uh, we've been raised from death to life. Now that's our foundation. You have a life to live. You have a purpose for living. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul goes on and reminds us this idea of being raised with Christ. What, what, what else were we raised out of? We were raised out of darkness. I mean, for 30 years, I didn't realize it, but I've been walking around in darkness. Now, look, you don't know how uh, unnerving that was for me to discover when I was 30. I scratched my head and said, are you kidding me that for 30 years I lived in darkness? I lived without a knowledge of God. Oh, I knew about God, but I didn't know him personally. He didn't affect my life like he does now. He didn't speak to me then like he does now. He didn't, he didn't share joys and he doesn't share victories with me like now like, or then like he does now. Because he raised me out of darkness, out of being unaware, unconcerned, uncaring about him. To being aware that he is, he exists. Something else that God raises us out. You see, and that's light. God gives us light. Out of darkness into light. Something else that we were raised out of. We were raised out of bondage. 
You know, sin is heavy, isn't it? I mean, to carry the weight of our sins around. I remember for 30 years, I carried around the weight and the guilt of sin. Didn't, didn't realize so much what it was. But I just w- w- knew even before I became a Christian, I knew there were times in my life when, when I felt ashamed. I felt burdened. I felt guilty and sin of, I don't know what it was really then. I come to understand what it was now. It was because I, I had not found that freedom in Jesus Christ. It's oppressive. Sin dominates. Sin destroys. Sin's that burden that we, we come to Christ and we lay down. The consequences, the enormity, the weight, the gravity of it all. David would say in his repentant psalm to God for you and, and against you and you only I have sinned. David understood. And so we're raised out of bondage into freedom. So Paul says, here's your foundation. Your foundation is life, it's light, and it's liberty. Now you need to build something on that. Wouldn't it be a tragedy if we had this great foundation of life, light, and liberty and we didn't, didn't do anything with it? You know, what would it be like to stand before Jesus Christ in the heaven and say, hey, Lord, thank you for... The life, the light, and the liberty you gave me. Sorry I didn't do anything with it. Sorry I didn't respond to you about it. And so that calls us to that thing of intentionality and direction. Where are we going to go with this thing? Well, another thing that he brings out is not only the foundation, but he talks about focus. He says in verse 1 at the end, again, he says, uh, (coughs) excuse me, he says, if then... You're raised with Christ. What does he say to do? He says, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So Paul reminds us to stay focused, doesn't he? He goes on in verse 2 and he says, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. What's that all about? Isn't that focus? He says, don't get focused on anything but the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 1 to set our, set our mind or seek those things which are above. You see, when you begin to think about those very things that our focus helps us to understand why we were raised, doesn't it? I mean, if Jesus raised us from the dead, then here's what we ought to do. We ought to be focused on Him. And on those things above, He, he talks about also in that very sense... You know, not, not only do we seek those things above, but we ought to be encouraged in those kind of things because of what God has shown us. Paul says, listen, he says, where Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of God. Think about that picture just for a minute. Jesus Christ seated in heaven, the right hand of God. What, what a, so what? Why would Paul be particular about that? Why would he mention it here in this passage of Scripture? Let me tell you why. Because when he's talking about focus, you know, we, we, sometimes it's hard to be focused, isn't it? Have you ever found that to be true? Your mind's just wandering everywhere. 
Well, well, Paul's reminding us seeing Jesus seated means it's the idea of rest. That Jesus Christ is resting at the right hand of the Father. What's significant about that? Right hand of someone or of a king or someone in authority always is a symbol of power. Power. What's that picture of Jesus? He's resting in God's power. So when we think about a motivation to be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, how about resting in his power? How many times have you struggled in your life? How many things have been more difficult or, or, or more grave than you've been able to handle? Bigger than you. And you were frustrated and you struggled with it. And, and only to the point that where God got you to really to realize that you can't handle that. Let me take it. And you rested in his power. You see, the only way that we're going to be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ is, is, is that we rest in his power. And Paul reminds that we, we need to not only be enlightened, but we ought to be encouraged as well. And, and he goes on to remind us in verse 2, we have to be careful about our focus because the, there's a lot of things that can distract us. Have you ever been distracted from what you've been focused on? Uh, he says, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Why does Paul mention things of the earth? Because the things of the earth are distracting. I mean, they'll pull you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the things of this world, one of the responses that the world gives to us that really causes us to be distracted is, is the idea is that sometimes what the world gives to us is immediate, isn't it? It's an immediate response. Uh, we, we go out, and, and it's, it's more than it's ever been before. You and I can get things uh, immediately. We can order something online and get it today or tomorrow. And, and so sometimes the reason that we don't stay focused on the things above, because they're, they're going to happen in the later and not the immediate. So what Paul's reminding us of is in Jesus Christ, we have to stay focused on, on the promises of God. And those promises that God gives us aren't always immediate. Kind of hard, isn't it? I want it now. <laughs> uh, and so the world's attractive because a lot of times we can pull out of it an immediate response. We get caught up in it. Another thing is that the world's attractive also. I mean, let's just be honest. Things that appear in this world are real attractive to us. And it's hard to stay focused on things for the future. Things of this world feed our nature. And that can be dangerous as well. And so Paul reminds us, listen, stay focused. If we're going to live intensely for Jesus Christ, we have to stay focused on him. You know, another thing that he talks about also is, is, is certainly the future. He reminds us in verse 3 again. He says, for you died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So, so Paul reminds us, listen, he, he's talking, about, he says, your life is hidden with God in Christ. Now listen, that's important because, because we're safe and secure in Jesus Christ. If you want a verse for eternal security... You know, verse 3 is your verse. You're hidden with God in Christ. And listen, whoever's in Christ can't be separated from Him. 
And so it's, it's exciting to know. And, and that promise of the future is that when Christ appears, we'll appear with him and we'll appear with him in glory. That, that's the promise of, of our relationship with Jesus Christ. So in all those things, Paul's reminding us about if we want to live intentionally, that direction's important, isn't it? And that direction's in Jesus Christ. Well, let me, let me give you a couple of other things real quickly. I know we're running out of time, but I'm going to move through these pretty fast. And so Paul also tells us that living intentionally is that the understanding is that we're going to be facing danger. Uh, you can't live for Christ and not face resistance, opposition. Uh, he, he says uh, one, one thing that we have to be understanding about is that as we're facing danger, is that we, we need to be responding to it, okay? That, that we can't just stand idly by as danger comes our way and not respond to it. And Danger in the sense that he mentions in verse 5 of temptation. We're always being tempted. We have an enemy who tempts us. He set up a system in this world that tempts us. Our flesh, our fallen nature that's in us wants to do it. We want to yield to that temptation. So Paul reminds us, he says in verse 5, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, uh, which is idolatry. He names some of those forms of temptation. And he says we've got to be responding to those things. We have to examine and identify those things. You see what God... You know, when it comes to temptation... all my life, you know, I thought, God, you know, teach me more about how to respond in spiritual warfare and temptation. You guys, you, you may, maybe don't think about that. But I've always wanted to be stronger in being able to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when I'd find myself being tempted, doesn't matter what it maybe tempted to be angry or apathetic or whatever that form that temptation came in. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought, gosh, Lord, I'm, I'm all about systems. You can tell by my outlines. I'm all about systematic looking at God's word. And so I thought, Lord, give me a system that I can put together. That I can filter these temptations through. And I can find out what the answers are. And so some of the things that, 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 that I come up with is, is first of all, if, if I have an area of temptation, then I get in the word of God and I see what God thinks about it. Now, let me tell you, absolutely 100% of the time, God sees temptation, and he doesn't like it. He hates it. So just get that out of the way. He hates it. Okay. He hates when we yield to temptation. And so I thought, okay. So I examined it in the Bible. What If it's anger, I'll go and find all the verses I can find about anger. And I'll see how God feels about anger. And then I'll move in. I'll begin to examine the background. Hey, what, what, you know, what about, what about when Moses struck the rock? What, what, why was that such a big deal? That, that God would not let him go into the promised land. And so you, you look at the stuff around it and you, you begin to examine those kind of things. And, and then I'd, I, I, I would dig into that and i think, well, what was behind that? Why did he do that? Why did she do that in Scripture? 
Why, why when this temptation came along, they respond the way they did? And, and then I'd look at how did it affect them? What's the consequence? If I yield to this thing, what's the consequences of it? You know, I think about, oh, David, as he yielded to, to the temptation of adultery. What happened to David? His life was changed. And, and so you kind of begin to build this case of, of temptation and yielding to temptation and all the things around it. But, you know, I, I, I thought about, well, what remedy is that and all those things. But, you know... I've come to the conclusion that when we're being tempted, there's, it all boils down to one thing. Just get close to Jesus. <laughs> if we'll just get close to Jesus, then all these temptations will find their way a solution in our lives. The scripture says, draw close to me. And I'll draw close to you. So in all those things, Paul reminds us, how do we respond to this temptation, these dangers? We just get close to Jesus. And if we draw close to him, then all these things will take care of themselves. In verse 6, he talks about danger, the realization of danger. He says in verse 6, because of those things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. We better realize something, that God does not approve of sin in our life. That when it comes to disobedience, rebellion, however you want to phrase it, sin, transgression, iniquity, however we want to call it, rebellion against God, He does not stand for it in the lives of His children. And that better be a realization that we're going to have if we're going to live for Him with intentionality. Paul goes on to talk about... he, he, he he's, he tells us to remember, remembering. In, in, in look in verse 7, he says, In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Paul says that. Hey, these things are what you were like because you were a son or, or a daughter of disobedience at one time. And he says, Remember where you've come from, remember your upbringing. And then finally, let me just close with this one thing in verse 10 and 11. He talks about fully developing our life. Coming to maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ is going to help us to live intentionally. Verse 10, he talks about learning, doesn't he? He says in verse 10, And have put on the, uh, the new man which is renewed, how? In knowledge, according to the image of him who created us. It's learning, isn't it? That our old thoughts are being replaced by new thoughts. Why? Because we're learning more about Jesus Christ. It's what Paul says is renewing of your mind in Romans chapter 12. And in, in, in verse, uh, verse 11, the first part, he's talking about loving, isn't he? He gives a list. He says in, 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 in verse 11, where there is neither. In other words, there's no prejudice. There's no difference between Greek or Jew or or uncircumcised or circumcised. This is just another way to say Greek or Jew. <laughs> and then he goes on, barbarian or Scythian. Barbarian, and that Scythian is a word that means a bigger barbarian. And he says there's no difference. He's talking about being loving, isn't he? Loving will never reach intentional living for Jesus Christ without being loving. And then in verse... Verse 11 at the end, the last thing about developing fully is 
that we're always leaning on the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, but Christ is all and in all. It's the idea of finding everything that we need in the person of Jesus Christ. If we'll do those things and follow those principles, we'll find out that we can truly live with intentionality. Now look, we can't restart 2020. And it may not have been the best year that we've ever had. But hopefully from this day forward, we can go out and we can live intensely for Jesus Christ. We can day by day choose with purpose and focus and passion to live for Him, to lift Him up. Bow with me if you would, and we'll pray. Father in heaven, we're, we, we are so grateful that in Your Word that You... Give us an understanding that to that to fulfill, enjoy, to get the most out of our relationship with you. That day by day we choose to follow you. We we choose to to, to go into our world, our place of influence, our circle of friends, our, our jobs, our schools, and day by day, moment by moment, we find ways that we can glorify you. So Father, I just pray this morning that you'll impress this idea of being intentional in living for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, I'm going to invite you guys to stand.